How's everybody doing? You good? You ought to be good after that. All right. So I loved how one of the one of the uh, verses in there was talking about don't hold anything back. You right? So we're not, we're gonna hold anything back today. So if you're sleeping, I'm gonna wake you up. I can guarantee you that. I've been gone for two weeks. It seems weird just to miss one weekend of church. It feels like you're gone forever. You know it. And uh, I may be gone, elders. I, I haven't broke the news to them yet, but maybe gone again next weekend. I'm not sure. So guys. I've talked to you about that afterwards. But anyways, let's pray this morning. I want to encourage um, Pastor Jeremy and Josh as they're away. And, and we got a brother uh, that's usually up here on the stage with us that needs some prayer this morning. So let's uh, bow our heads. Father God, we thank you so much, God, for being here before us, for touching the seats that the, everybody is in today, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. I feel you in a mighty way, Father God, and I thank you for that outpouring Father God, we pray for Pastor Jeremy and Josh and the rest of the crew that's over in Africa. God, we pray for peace and security, God, around them. Just, God, anoint them in a powerful way so everybody that sees them knows that Jesus is inside them, living it up, Father God. So we just pray right now you'd use them as the light to shine in any dark place they may go to encourage God. We thank you again for your blessings, all the Bibles that were sent. God, we just thank you and we love you. Father God, we pray for Brad as well. Uh, Brad Miller's been struggling, God, and, and uh, Brad, I know you're listening this morning. We lift you up in praise in a way, God, to God that just says, you know what, we need healing. Father God, so we claim that right now, that you would just move in his life. We pray for your will above all else, God. We pray for peace and comfort and healing upon Brad, our brother, this morning, God. So again, we thank you so much. Pray over this service that you just continue to, to lead us and direct us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So I'm going to talk about today, and you guys got the clicker, right? You good? You guys? All right, so here we go. So we're going to talk about our hands tell our story. And am I really loud? I, I sound, I feel loud. Am I a little too loud? A couple heads back there shaking. So turn me down just a bit, Dylan. I want them still to hear me, right? All right, so it's about our hands. And I'll tell you, I was in uh, Kansas City a couple weeks ago for training for work. And uh, as I was there, sometimes, you know, you go on a trip or vacation, do you eat? Am I still too loud? Lori's looking around, so that means I'm still too loud. So turn me down a little bit more, Dylan. Is everybody all right? Dylan, turn me down just a little bit. You good? All right, are we good back there? All right. So anyways, I'm in Kansas City. I'm in training. And we go on a trip or vacation. Does anybody else eat too much while they're gone? I don't know why we do that, but we think, oh, we're not at home, so we can eat whatever we want. Well, um, I did that. But I also stayed disciplined in my workouts. I ran three days while I was out there, and Felt pretty good about that, so it's about balance, right? So anyways, um, on a Thursday morning, I took off from my run, and I was probably four or five miles from downtown Kansas City, and it was cool, though, because the, the road I ran on, you could see all the big buildings and the skyscrapers and everything. So I didn't make it that far. But anyways, on my way back, um, one morning on that Thursday morning, I saw a gentleman walking, and he looked homeless to me, and uh, God really put him on my heart, and... Um, I was like, all right, God, so what do I do in, inside of this situation? Because he kind of walked back into an area that was a little bit abandoned, weeds all grown up, kind of a chain link fence, and, and I didn't feel real comfortable. I was just like, ah, ooh, I don't know, you know, do I go back there, do I not? New surroundings, and, and so I didn't, and uh, I said, God, you know, I want you to I pray for forgiveness right now. If I should have gone back there, I pray for your forgiveness. But I also prayed for that man and um, just said, God, you know, show him your love and touch him and help him in any way. And so I went on about my day, 
Friday morning I got up and uh, I went for another run and at the three mile mark my phone goes off and that's my stopping point so I stopped and I stopped right at a gas station on a corner about a block or so from my hotel and uh, I saw a gentleman coming out of the gas station and uh, he was probably in his mid-60s or so and and uh, gray hair big gray beard and um, just looked like he was homeless and so I watched him and and he had a bottle of water like this as he was walking out of the gas station and and it's no exaggeration but this is the way that he was moving and I thought man he's you know he's in trouble he's got something going on and so I just watched him and I, I must have stood out like a sore thumb because I'm on the corner of the gas station I'm like stretching right acting like you know like I don't know trying to pass time so I didn't look too weird but anyway so I watch him and I'm like all right God so I passed up the opportunity yesterday um, I need you to tell me what to do here I just need you to make it really clear to me and uh, I felt him put on my heart walk across the street and continue to watch him so I did and as soon as I did I realized that he was walking behind and kind of beside this gas station and as I got on the other side of the street I noticed that there was a rug and a blanket laying on the ground And as I got closer that's where he lived and so I immediately uh, went over to him and um, I approached him and, and um, you know it's, it's interesting what we say you know in those times isn't it? it's really interesting I the first words out of my mouth are I don't have anything for you why on earth did I say that you know I'm like what he didn't ask me to come over here right he didn't say hey Josh I'm over here buddy I mean he didn't know who I was and uh, anyways and, and because I literally didn't I mean all I had on me was my phone because I was on a run I didn't have anything else and uh, but anyways I said I don't have anything for you but I want to pray with you and he said okay and at this time he's still kind of moving around a little bit and he's got his water bottle but he stopped and as soon as I touched him he was soaking wet soaking wet and at times you know we feel compassion right at that moment but I'll tell you in that moment I was like ah. you know like ah. and, it, and that's bad of me to even say that right but I did I felt the moisture on him but that's okay I leaned in I prayed with him and then as I as I released my hand from him my hand I was just thinking about my hand and I don't know if any of you have ever been in that situation before but when you shake somebody's hand or you make contact with somebody you feel like what's what what do I get what's on my hand right or what what's going on here and I'm just being transparent with you I'm just being real and so um, at this time he he makes his way down to the ground and and he's like sitting you know kind of like this and at the same time he's still trying to get that top off of his water bottle and he finally does and and he's drinking his water very very slow and so I just knelt down with him and mind you I'd been on a, a run three miles right so you you definitely do not want to sit like this very long you know after a three mile run and so I'm I'm sitting like this and I don't know if I was there for five minutes or ten minutes or however long it was but it was a little while so when I got up it was very painful so um, anyways as I as I talked with him I felt compelled to tell my story um, I first asked him I said do you know God and and Jesus and he said I do and I said okay I said do you go to church he said I do and he and he's having and I'm I'm making it sound a lot easier than what it is he was really struggling to talk and um, he told me where he went to church and what the address was of the church it was right up the street from where we were and I said okay and I and I I just told him my story 
about um, addiction and, and drugs and and all the all the some of the you know not all but a lot of the mistakes I'd made in my life and um, shared with him about Kylie and I's divorce. Again, this is a complete stranger. He doesn't know my name at this point. And um, each time I would say something about drugs or like drugs, for instance, he looked up at me and just made real deep eye contact. When I said something about divorce, he did the same thing to me. And so I, I felt like God was telling me that he's gone through something similar. And I asked him, I said, um, I said, what is it that you struggle with? Because there's still things that, you know, I struggle with. And he said, well, he said, I was addicted to drugs for a long, long time. And um, he said, but I don't anymore. Um, he said, but that's, that's kind of why I'm, why I'm here. And I asked him, I said, do you have a family? have anybody close to you and, and he kind of sheepishly shook his head no but I wonder you know even to this day I wonder if if maybe he does have a family somewhere and children and, um, so I reached out my hand and, and I said my name's Josh and I shook his hand and uh, again in that moment you know God really put my hand on just my mind and he said my name's Herb and I said, well, Herb, I want you to know that you got a brother about six hours away in Mattoon, Illinois, that's going to be praying for you. And he's on our prayer board at home, and I pray for him just about every day. And so as I got up, barely able to get up, but I got up, and uh, I walked back up the hill to the hotel, got back in my room, got everything ready for the day, and I came down, and, and God just put it on me. As soon as I got downstairs, you need to you need to find him again. You need to you need to help him. And so um, I. I did. I drove by the gas station, super excited to see him. He wasn't there, although his rug and blanket were hanging over a fence right there. So I knew, okay, so he's going to be here at some point. So I circled the block, and I saw him. And uh, so imagine going into downtown Kansas City. There's three lanes of traffic going in, three lanes of traffic coming out, Pretty lot of activity going on. And I see him on a park bench, literally. It seemed like the road that I was traveling on was right here, and he was on a park bench right here. So I went up the road a little ways, and uh, and I'm not telling this story to say that I helped him in a big way or anything. It's just just what it's about is listening to God and doing what he lays on your heart. It's pretty simple. But anyways, I ran down to a Burger King was down the road, and I always think about, I don't know why, but when I do little things like that, I think, oh, what do I like? You know, I like sausage, egg, biscuit, and, you know, value meal or something, you know. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah. So I got it all picked out. Well, it's a delay. They're like, just one second. So I'm checking out the menu. Well, they got this full platter thing, right? I mean, it's got biscuits and gravy, pancakes, the whole shebang. And I'm like, well, Herb's getting that this morning. So anyways, uh, a little while later, it seemed like a while. I thought I was going to be late for my class. But anyways, we got it. And uh, so I kind of, I circled back around. And I'm in the bus lane at this point. So there's buses coming in and all this. I turn my flashers on. Herb, like, I'm right here, right? And so Herb would be right here. Here in my little car, and I'm like, Herb, and he looks at me like, what? You're crazy. What are you doing? And uh, I said, hey, I got something for you, and I reached out that platter and food and drink, and I gave it to him, and, and he just, his eyes lit up, you know, and he said, thank you. And I said, don't forget, I'm going to be praying for you, and, and away I went. And I had my class, and then I headed back to, to Illinois. And, uh, but I tell you what, um, the smile on his face, I don't know. I, I don't know what my conversation uh, with him I don't know where it went I don't know what that meal did for him I, I don't know but I do know that I did what God put on my heart and I do know that the entire time I was walking back up that hill I was thinking about my hand and every one of us are in the seats that we're in this morning because of decisions that we've made in our lives 
And I just want you to look at your hands for a minute. Everybody just put out your hands, both of them in front of you, and look at them. So these hands, some of them are scarred, right, physically scarred of, of different things that you've been through in your life, maybe cuts or whatever it may be. Some of them may be sticky with pancake sauce, right, from this morning and getting the kids together and, um, you know, syrup, syrup, what I, what I call it. Oh, did I say that? What is? Syrup, it's syrup. Or sauce. She is always watching out for me, I tell you. Um, but some, look at them. Some of, them, some of your hands are really scarred and, and torn, and, and some of them are smooth. You know, some of them have calluses because you've been outside working, right? There's just, everybody's a little bit different. But our hands tell our stories. Our hands are with us everywhere we go. Well, think about all the, the tears that these hands and your hands have wiped. Think about how many times that your hand is outreached to help somebody, a classmate or a family member or somebody in the hospital. How many times have you joined hands as a group of men or women to pray for each other? Right, our hands tell our story. And I want you to know more than anything today, allow Jesus to use you as his hands and feet talk about it all the time, but truly allow that, okay? So I want to show this picture about uh, a man's hands. What do you think about that? That's what Jesus' hands did for each and every one of us. Everybody here and everybody around the world, that's what God did for each and every one of us. Men drove spikes through his hands so that we could have salvation so that we could be forgiven for our sins. So, so we don't hold anything back, right? I mean, the song says it. Why do we hold things back? Look what Jesus did for us. Are we reaching our hands out to people inside the Mattoon community to raise them up, to help them out of a bad situation? How about in our own homes? Are we laying our hands on our, on our kids, on our spouses, on our aunts and uncles, helping them? Right, I want you to go back and think about this. The other thing is I want to share some of Jesus' healings today, okay? We're going to talk about what he's done. I know Maury's been sharing these too, but let's go to, to Mark 6-2. And uh, first off, I want to just explain something about Jesus' hands. And it says, On the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him was astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands. Again, think about how many times that Jesus literally put his hands on people and healed. Let's look at Matthew 8, 2 and 3. It says, Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, If you're willing, can you heal me and make me clean? Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Do you realize back then that there was no cure for leprosy? That if you were diagnosed with leprosy, that you were sent away from your home outside of the city to die or to get better, right? To get better. That's it. You weren't welcomed. You didn't go into a treatment center. You didn't meet with a doctor to figure it all out and give you all the creams and the lotions or whatever it was. You were banished saying, no, 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 no. Look what Jesus did. He put his hands on him. 
Why are we so scared to get a little dirty in ministry sometimes? How many times have we passed over somebody just because they don't look like us? That we're afraid our hands are going to get a little bit dirty. Well, I'm telling you what, they're going to get a little dirty. And you know what? God will work through that dirt and grime and move in a way that you've never imagined. Some of the biggest things that will happen in ministry, and I'm not talking about ministry like this. I'm talking about ministry in your everyday walk. You want to see some things change? Put your hands out and help people. You know, back then it was highly contagious. The likelihood of getting leprosy from touching somebody else was through the roof. But it didn't stop him. You know, the other thing, the similarity of this draws is the sin, right? Our sin is contagious. Think about that. The sin that we commit, the sins that we commit are contagious. Why? Because other people see them. You know why? One of the reasons why I don't drink alcohol because there's people in this room that struggle with drinking alcohol. I have a very addictive personality. I could fall right back into that trap. But God put it on my heart, Josh, you don't need to be doing that. Why? Because there may be people out here that struggle with it. Well, if they see Pastor Josh doing it, guess what? That sin can be contagious. And that thing can go in and destroy a family. So there's decisions that we make to take self out of the equation to help other people, right? So let's keep doing those things. The other thing that about this, this leper is Jesus healed him. Guess what? what? Who's the only one that can heal us of our sin? Jesus Christ. Amen? So we may not have leprosy, but guess what? We got sin in our life. And the only way that you can miraculously be set free from that sin is by giving it to God, right? And I'm going to share with you at the end of the message today just about how you can do that if you haven't yet. I want to share about a... This is a sermon that I've done in the past, and I've kind of shortened it up, but I love it, and I just couldn't get away from it today, but it's called Get Up and Walk. So you're going to get a little mini sermon inside of a sermon today, all right? So let's go into Acts 3, 1 through 8, and i got a lot of scripture, so hang with me, guys, okay? So Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John, and again, I just want to interject, this is about God, Jesus, using Peter to do some healing. And the reason I share it is, is because guess what Jesus wants to do with us? He wants to use us for some healing, okay? It goes on and says, Peter and John, about about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man man looked up to them eagerly, expecting what? He expected some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. And again, it was just pretty wild how God put this on my heart and me not having anything to help help Herb with at the time. But it's just cool. God has confirmed so many things in the last few weeks uh, for me. I love it. I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus uh, Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood to his feet, and began to walk. Can you imagine this scene? Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went to the temple with him. Can you imagine that happening? Right? Could you imagine right now Jesus walking in here and having somebody in that state, him laying hands on him, or Peter laying hands on him, and him to get... Do you think our faith would go through the roof? I'm going to make y'all stand up. Stand up. I, I want you to... I want you to... 
I want you to wake up. I'm telling you. So think about that happening. What if what has God lifted you up from? Raise your hand if God has lifted you up out of something, right? Or should we be praising him this morning for lifting us up out of those pits? So let's give it up to God right now, right now. Praise God. Those are the kind of things that build our faith. So when we see other brothers and sisters being healed, being moved, Jeremy, man, think about the testimony that our sister shared this morning about the walk of Jeremy Sparks. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Look around at all the other healings. Look at the marriages that have been healed. Look at the addictions that have been overcome. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the things that we need to focus on because this world is going to continue to throw curveballs at you, going to throw things at you you don't like, but guess what? Go back to all those faith builders. That's what I'm talking about. You guys can be seated. I was going to make you stand, but I'm not. So anyway, so how was the lame man healed? How was he healed? He was healed by, by Peter leveraging the power and authority of Jesus' name. And just so you know, we throw out names like they're just whatever, right? Jeremy, Josh, Lori, Kylie, Sarah, whatever. We just throw out a name. Well, in the biblical sense, the name was power and authority. It had a greater sense of meaning. It wasn't just a label. So when somebody said Jesus, it meant power and authority. Why do we say in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan get out? Why do we say that? Because there's power and authority behind the name of Jesus. Right? When we pray for somebody down here at the altar, we say in the name of Jesus we pray. Think about that healing power that Peter put on this man. That's the power, that's the faith that we need to have when we're praying for our brothers and sisters. When I prayed for for Herb, do you think I was thinking about that? I wasn't, but now I am. I can tell you if I put my hands on somebody to pray, I'm looking at the power and authority of the name of Jesus and tapping into that power. We talked about this morning, Jason, Kira, and I, just talking about knowing that the power of the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. Literally, all we have to do is tap into it. Can you imagine that? It's with us every day. Jesus is with us every day. The Holy Spirit, when we accept him as our Savior, he's inside of us. Do you believe that this morning? Do you feel that in your daily walk? I, I want you, I want, do you feel that in your daily walk? Isn't that awesome? Is there anything better than being juiced up by the Holy Spirit? Uh, no! Man, I'm telling you. When the, when the guys and the gals are up here singing, I'm back there doing calisthenics. John's like, what do we got going on? I'm back there. I'm just getting worked up this morning, right? He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I got to get ready, right? But there's nothing better for me than being juiced up by the, by the Holy Spirit, right? That's what I want in my life, more and more of it. And that's what Peter's saying here. He's like, man, I'm going to tap into the power and authority of the name of Jesus. He didn't say, hey, just get up. Get up, I'm going to make you walk. No, he said, in the name of Jesus, Nazarene, get up and walk. That's what I'm talking about. Incredible power. In John 14, 12, guys, that's where we're going. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. He supplied the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. This is Jesus saying this. So if you don't believe me, Believe Jesus, right? Because this is his words. Acts 1.8 says this. Luke said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive what? So you will receive what? Power. Power in the blood. Maybe she would sing some power in the blood, right? But we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Raise your hand if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Raise your hand. Just quickly shoot it up. You know you got the power of the Holy Spirit, right? That's what I'm talking about. So tap into the power. The crippled beggar was ultimately healed because of his faith. If we go on and we look at Acts 6, or 3.16, it says, Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name, again, going back to his name, has healed him before your very eyes. I reminded a good buddy of mine, Jake, always talks about the mustard seed and our faith. And so I, I want to look at Matthew 17 and 20. Because this man was, was healed by his faith. And so we're like, man, he must have had a lot of faith, right? Well, let's read. Because you have so little faith, he answered. And this, again, was a reference to Jesus' healing um, of a, of a demon-possessed boy. And his disciples couldn't heal him. And that's, that's why the reference here, because you have so little faith, he said. He answered, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, if I was holding a mustard seed, would you, any of you be able to see it? So it just takes a little bit. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved. Nothing will be impossible for you. How does our faith build? What did we just stand up and do a minute ago? We celebrated all the healings that, that are going on in this room that have happened in the past, right? More stuff that's going to happen. If you need to make a list of all the healings, if we need to mean to make a list of all the church healings and all of God's movements inside of everybody here, we'll do it. And if you need to read that list every day to grow your faith, then do it. But, I'm, but right here, he's saying, just a little bit. You just, you just believe, brothers and sisters, and I'll take care of it. And the power of the Holy Spirit will move in your life. Did this guy get what he was asking for? No. He wanted some cash, right? He wanted some money, right? That's what he's been used to giving. But God blew him away and said, no, brother, I, I'm going to give you more than that. I'm going to get you on your feet, and you're going to walk again. You're going to do some things you've never done before, right? So God wants to exceed our expectations. Do we give food or give money at times to help people in need? Um, yes, 100%. And can God take that physical giving and turn that into a spiritual revelation and transformation? You better believe it. But what we're talking about here is exceeding our expectations. There's a, a message that we've done in the past about just simply that. How big are your prayers? How big are your prayers? How big are they? Are they very big? You're like, I mean, seriously, like, okay, I'll, I'm I want to have breakfast this morning. And for some of you, that may be a big prayer, right? But some of you that have those needs provided for you, that's probably not a very big prayer. But what do you want to do in the next two years? How about, how about next month, what do you want to do? How about five years? Are you praying that way? God, I want to serve you in a way that you, people be blown away. I want, to, I want to use my life to glorify you, God. I want to just move. I want to be, I want to be surrounded by an incredible group. I want to be the president of this company. I, whatever. How big are your prayers? Because if you're praying little, you might get a little. If you're praying big, 
you're going to get some big, right? But even if you're praying little, as this guy was, God may just blow you away and exceed your expectations. My point in this whole thing is do not put God in a box, right? Because he's bigger than anybody here. Any of us, all put together, he's so big. So again, he exceeds our expectations. What time are we getting to be? Oh my goodness. Shoo! Well, we are going to be a little late. Okay. All right. We're going to do it. So how many of us here today need to get up and walk? And you're scared now. I didn't mean to scare you. Some of you are like, me? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you come up here. But ser- like, seriously, think about how many of us are crippled by things right now? Literally, physically, or emotionally, or mentally, physically, right. I see some hands, right? Around our circumstances, or hurts, or anxieties, or stresses, or physical ailments, we're, we're, we're crippled, right? But maybe it's time for us to get up and walk. Maybe it's time to, to tap into that power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's time to come forward, right? And say, man, brother, I need you to put some hands on me and pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit to move through and get this, get this out of my life, to heal me in whatever way it may be. God wants to move in your life. The other thing is, is how many of us have already been healed and we've laid back down? Huh? Think about that one. That's a big one for me. That's a lot. There's conviction inside of that thing, right? Think about a healing that God has put on your life, something that he's taken away from you. Right? Maybe it was an addiction that he took away. Maybe it was just a mental mindset that he took away and healed you from. But for some reason, you're like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that. I'm just going to lay back down with it. And I'm just going to hold it again. I'm, I'm going to isolate myself. I'm not going to be around. I I'm not going to church. Right? Seriously, how many of us have missed church because of those reasons? Literally being crippled, right? We got all kinds of hands. That's Satan working. In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, get out, right? Don't allow anything to cripple you in that way. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. And some of you are like, man, you're crazy, and that's okay. I want you to think that. I told somebody this morning, right? I want people to think I'm weird. Ask me why I'm weird. Because I love Jesus. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. No problems there. Kylie will tell you. I'm weird. All right, I want to tell you about another little mini sermon I'm going to give you today. It's called Tear the Roof Off. It's called Tear the Roof Off. We're going to go to Luke 5, 17. It's about Jesus healing a paralyzed man. And I want you to think about tearing the roof off for your brothers and sisters to lead them to Christ as we go through these scriptures. All right, so one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea as well as from Jerusalem. As the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus, some men carrying, came carrying, again, physically helping, carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because there were so many people. The crowds were huge. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Think about this picture. Seriously, can you imagine Jesus being in town, right? Rolling into Mattoon just to hang out, right? People would flock to see him, right? 
people were all over the place. He had been incredible miracles going on. People were like, man, this guy's awesome. More than just awesome, right? So these guys took their buddy. And how many of us, just pause for a minute. How many of us have friends just like this? Maybe that aren't physically paralyzed and on a mat, but maybe they're spiritually or emotionally or mentally paralyzed and they don't know Jesus. Okay, these men took this man, and just so you know, um, from some of the research that I've done, a lot of those homes back then, they had a staircase that would go up the side of the house onto the roof system, and there would be tile up there. And so anyways, can you imagine, like even me, I'm a little guy, right? But can you imagine how big a hole they must have dug in that? And again, there are people down below. So do you think it was all like nice and neat and there wasn't any clay or dirt or bricks or anything falling in? Surely there was, right? But these guys were like, we're doing this, brother. We're, we're doing this. We, na- we know he can heal you, and we're going to do whatever it takes for that to happen. How many of us pass people every day inside of our communities, basketball teams, wherever, that are struggling, and we can't even simply say, hey, let's sit down and talk. Let's have some coffee. But these men are tearing tile off the roof to create a hole to lower their friend down through it so Jesus could heal. That's what I'm talking about. And I think the reason that God wanted me to share that with you today is because I think we all have people in our lives that that don't have Jesus, that need Jesus. And I'm not saying take a shovel to their house and say, we're going to dig through the roof and see if we can get somebody over here and lower you down through. We're not doing that, right? But what are we doing? Remember our hands? Are we using them? Are we using them to praise God? Are we getting them dirty? Are we tearing the roof off of things to allow God to move in in our situations and our lives and others? And that would be the challenge. This is the other thing is that they brought this man paralyzed. Guess what? We got some people here this morning that are paralyzed in some way, right? I, I think Jeremy did an incredible job from what I understand last week just around talking about uh, mental sickness and issues and, and those kind of things. And man, these guys brought this paralyzed man, lowered him down through. They didn't wait for him to get healed, to be good, and be like, all right, I'm putting my best clothes on. I'm going to go to church and act like I got it all together, right? Sometimes we think that we can't give our lives to Christ because we haven't given up the drinking and the smoking and the sex addiction and the pornography and, and being hateful to our family. We think we got to get all cleaned up. That's a lie. That's a lie from Satan because Satan doesn't want you in a body of believers giving, giving everybody, you know, saying, hey, I love God and what he's done in my life. No, Satan wants to isolate you. So I'm telling you right here, you may be dirty as can be this morning sitting in these seats, and I'm glad you're here because we're all a mess. We're all a mess. We all got dirt on us, right? And some of us have given our lives to Christ. And we've fallen back down. And we got dirt on us. Well, man, grab somebody's hand, lift them up and say, let's go, let's do this. Let's come to the altar. Let's pour it out. Right? That's what I'm talking about. You don't have to have it all together to give your life to Jesus. You don't have to have it all together to rededicate your life to Jesus. That's the other thing. We get inside of a church sometimes, we're like, man, we got it all going on. No, you don't. I don't. Some of you may. But, right, sometimes we feel like we can't, like, Break down the pride. Break down and be sensitive. 
you know, to, to really let it all go and say, you know what, I'm not too proud. I don't care if anybody sees me come up here and kneel to the altar. I'm a pastor of this church and blessed to be here at the honor to have the opportunity. I'll kneel and pray at these altars, right? It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like. That's right. That's right. Give it up. Praise God. Don't wait for the moment that you think you got it all together. God wants you to come to the altar paralyzed so he can radically unparalyze you. And so when you stand up, you're like, man, God did that for me. And he wants to hear about it. Okay? All right. So I'm going to go through a, a few different scriptures here. Why did Jesus come? In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save. Are you guys with me? Luke 19. Somebody sleep. Dylan, we're going to have to have a talk with Dylan. I tell you. Just kidding. Dylan is, do you know that Dylan runs the show around here? Just so you all know, I'm serious. <laughs> Eric, Eric kind of acts like he does, but we, I mean, it's been long enough. Now we know the truth, but that young man is something special. I'm telling you that. So, all right. So, so we know why Jesus came. So what are we called to do in Matthew 28, 19? Great commission, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this was, again, some confirmation for Morty going to Africa. God laying that scripture on his mind. First uh, Peter 1.22 says this, You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your hearts. So let's pause again for a minute. I want you to think of one person in your life who doesn't know Jesus right now. We know that hell is real because the Bible tells us that. Hell appears about 54 times in the Bible, depending on what version or translation you're looking at. Matthew 13, 42 says this, They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's probably one of the most um, frightening illustrations in my mind about weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 25, 41 says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. We know that our time is brief here on this earth as well. Psalm 39, 4 says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. If you think that you're guaranteed tomorrow, you're not. We have all lost loved ones in tragedy and accidents, things you just never know. You never know what's going to happen. So where are you at? Is your faith secure in Jesus Christ? given your life to him if you haven't I give you that opportunity today if you have and you feel like you need to rededicate your life I give you that opportunity as well and to pray for those that aren't there yet and it may not be through you that God moves it could be the years and years of praying that you've been doing that a total stranger leads that loved one to Christ so don't stop praying Okay? Don't stop praying. Second Peter 3, 8, 9 says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. 
the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. And I want to run through some slides here. Um, I want you to think about these things. We know that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. We know that. We also know that we're called to go and make disciples. We know that we're called to show sincere love to one another. We know we're to become holy and more Christ-like. That's sanctification. We know hell is real and the unsaved go there. We also know our time on earth is, is brief and no one has promised tomorrow. We know God is being patient so others can be saved. So if we know all those things, then when do we cross over from just attending church and filling a seat to tearing the roof off to lead our brothers and sisters to Jesus? That's what I'm talking about this morning. That's what I'm talking about. Are you ready to allow God to use you to help him save the lost? Are you ready to get out of your comfort zone, get your hands dirty when need be, right? Are you ready to be creative in leading the lost to Christ? Do you think there was some creative evangelism going on, tearing the tile off that roof? You better believe it. Are you ready to be the hands and feet of Jesus? As I said, are you ready to get your hands dirty if need be? Are you ready to be the light in the darkness? Light appears over 270 times in the Bible. And I want to conclude on this verse. Praise and worship come up. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on the lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your great your good works, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let's stand up this morning and give some God some praise, okay? Let's give him some praise. So where are you at in your walk? If you could write your story on your hands, what would it say? Could you give a list of all the things that you've done to move people closer to God? Kylie shared this with me yesterday. Just lift your hands up. Do you know God's got a hold of your hands right now? Think about that. Close your hands. Close your eyes. Father God, we thank you right now in this moment for being here with us, for holding our hands, God. We thank you speaking to us through your word, through others, through song, whatever means it may be, Lord, we thank you. I pray, God, you continue to hold our hands tight as some of us are going through some stuff. You know exactly what that is. You know what it looks like, God. I pray your supernatural touch of the Holy Spirit upon everybody that's here today, those that are listening online as well, God, around the world, wherever it may be, God, that you would radically move in their lives. God, as we close, I pray that we would raise our hands up and worship you today. And thank you, God, for being here with us, for touching our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to know that these altars are open. Today may be that day for you, right? So if you're ready to give your life to Christ, we got a crew back there that wants to meet you at the cross. That could be today. So if that's you, you want to give your life to Christ, you want to rededicate your life to Christ, Go that direction right now. Do not let Satan hold on to you. Drop the hand, say in the name of Jesus I'm moving, and get your toes a moving. 
If you've got something this morning that's crippling you, that's pushed down on you, that's holding you down, and you need to lay it at an altar this morning, I want you to do that. If you need somebody to pray with you, come to this side. And I can guarantee you, there's a lot of hands out there that want to be laid on hands to pray this morning. And if you want to spend time on your own with God, just give it to Him this morning. Come over here to your left-hand side.